When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm delighted to say we're joined by Mail Sports' Scott McDermott to look at all the latest goings on at Ibrox. On the pod today, we discuss last night's huge Europa League victory over Rapid Vienna, tactics and selection headaches for Steven Gerrard with the new boys starting to shine, and we preview, preview even Sunday's monster premiership clash with leaders' hearts at Ibrox. So Scott... Fresh from Ibrox last night, yep. uh, I believe it was bouncing, how was it for you? It was, I mean it was a great atmosphere, Fraser, it was uh, certainly reminiscent of um, kind of years gone by, you No know, big European nights at Ibrox uh, under the lights, especially that last 10 minutes obviously when Rangers really pushed and the fans kind of drove them on in the last kind of 15-20 minutes and they got the penalty, uh, they deserved it. No, it was a clear penalty. They deserved to win the game because they were the better side overall. Um, and you're right, the place was absolutely rocking for those for those last ten minutes. And that's what, no, that's what Steven Gerrard. That's why Steven Gerrard came to Rangers, or one of the reasons why he came. And it's why a lot of the players that he signed came to experience nights like that. Of course, further down the line, they want it to be to be big Champions League nights. But for now. 10 games unbeaten in Europe this season equals the the Scottish record that Rangers set back in 92-93 under Walter Smith. So certainly in European terms, uh, and in this Europa League uh, group stage, Rangers are in a, a very good place at the moment. Yeah, as you say, it seems, that's 10 out of 10, as you say now, in Europe, which is itself a fairly remarkable start for yeah. Steven Gerrard from a standing start. Um, it's as if, there's a snowball effect here and it's getting bigger and bigger and every game at Ibrox in Europe just seems the atmosphere's getting that bit more intense and, and, and better. Um, it's another huge step forward. Top of Group G, obviously, after last night's victory. Another game where they had to show a fair bit of patience before eventually overcoming their opponent. And Gerard himself said it was it's the best performance yet of his, his short reign. Do you go along with that? Um... Yeah, I think it probably is in terms of the the magnitude of the game and the kind of overall performance. It probably was the best. I mean, listen, it, it's easy to get <clears throat> it's easy to get carried away slightly. There was a lot of emotion last night, and you read a lot of Rangers fans on social media and that this morning. There, no, there is a wee bit of kind of hyperbole, and, and Stephen Gerrard might have been slightly guilty of that last night as well. No, getting caught up in it immediately after full time. Listen, it was a really impressive performance and result. My own view, I thought the first half um, was pretty average. To be honest, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think Rangers had, had total control of the game. Um, from what I'd heard about Rapid Vienna, no, in that first kind of twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. I actually thought they were better. They were better than I expected. I thought they had some good players. 
I thought they were getting out uh, too easily for Rangers' liking. No, it was clear that they were trying to play out for the back. And I thought Rangers allowed them to get out too easily at times. Pavlovich could have scored with a, with a header. Yeah. Really good chance in the first half. Um, Rangers, you know, they had some good kind of passages of play, but never quite got in behind them. Um, lacked a wee bit of guile you know, on the edge of the box. I thought Kent and Ajaria, who, who are the two real creative players in that attacking third, I thought they struggled to get going in the first half. I couldn't quite work out why Kent, for instance, was so so reluctant to come off the byline. I don't know whether that was a, an instruction for Gerard or, or, or whatever, but I, I think Ryan Kent's at his best when he comes off the line and gets involved in play. And sure enough, for Morelos, his first goal, for the, probably for the first time in the game, Kent comes off the byline, Candias picks him out with a, a kind of clever pass on the edge of the box. He plays Taverni and, and, and he crosses for, for Morelos to score. So... Yeah. The first half, I don't think, was was brilliant. It was okay against a good team. I'm no, it's not a criticism. I just thought it was like an average first half. Not a lot of chances. Rangers didn't have a shot and goal until Morelos scored. Um, but second half was was night and day. I thought. It's. I think. It, I mean, people can correct me here, but I, I see a kind of pattern already this season where. Rangers have struggled at times in the first half, but I don't know what it is about Gerrard or his half-time team talks, but he seems to get a real reaction from them in the second half. And on this podcast before, we've spoke about you know, the pre-season stint in Spain, where a lot of emphasis was put on the hard work and the training regime that they went through that was going to help them you know, through the season. And I think even this early you're seeing that because fitness levels, Rangers players' fitness levels seem to get better as games go on, and you need to, no, you need to say that's down to the the, the pre-season work that they put in. Um, so no, the, the second half was far better. I thought Rangers as a team moved up the pitch about 10, 15 yards in terms of their kind of back line. It allowed them to get further up. It allowed them to press rapid more in their own half. Um, and I thought they played better. Kent and Ajaria, for instance, played far better in the second half, as I say. Those two, it was obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. It's almost the, like they're playing with freedom they didn't have in the first uh, half. And exactly as you said, Kent coming in yeah. off the touchline, drawing fouls for the rapid defence. I don't know how much rapid maybe suffered for losing the big centre half, whose name escapes yeah. me right now. Uh, I thought that seemed to deal with them quite a, a blow. They didn't recover Possibly, from at yeah. any stage. But... As you say, Rangers completely controlled that. I don't remember Alan McGregor being called into action. No, that's the thing. Half. Apart for the apart for Rapids' goal, the first half, McGregor doesn't have a safety make. So that's credit to Rangers. But I agree with you. I thought the difference in Ajari and Kent was huge in the in the second half. Uh, the first half they just looked really subdued. Ajari was was frustrating. The the punters, you no, know, he just nothing was coming off for him. But it was a lot better second half, and he obviously came up with a, you know, a lovely pass to Morelos to to uh, to get the penalty. Uh, Morelos did brilliant as well, you know, getting in ahead of the ahead of the defender. So, no, the, listen, there was more intensity, there was more tempo, uh, they were quicker. You no, know, the passing was sharper. The second half, it was second half. If you take that second half, uh, that forty-five minutes in the second half in isolation, then I would agree with Gerard and say that that's the best I've played this yeah. season.
And I'm sure Rangers fans would take that every every Euro night at Ibrox. Of course. Try to suss a team out in the first I'm not saying this is what happened, but try and suss a team out in the first half and then That's go the and thing. bombard as, them. As in the I same. say, it's not a criticism. Gerard was right after the game by saying no, Rapid are a good team. Uh, obviously, they're struggling a wee bit in the, the Austrian league, but they did beat Sparta at Moscow in the first game of this group. And as I say, with a new manager uh, last night, I thought they had something about them. I thought they grafted unbelievably hard No, throughout the, the game. As I say, I thought they struggled a wee bit, as you say, when the centre-back went off. But their work rate was excellent. And I thought, especially in the first half, playing out, they, they were they were decent. They had some tidy tidy players, um, and as I say, I think Rangers kind of struggled with that at times in the first half. But they got to grips with it uh, after the break. As I say, I thought they pinned them back. Defence got higher up, and the the attacking players just just played better. I, I think that kind of that three behind Morelos, but it's not it's not really a three. But if you the creative guys like Ejaria, Kent, and Candias all played far better in the second half and that's ultimately that's what got them the, the victory absolutely there, there was a few um, eye openers for want of a better description in um, Stephen Gerrard's starting lineup. I think the biggest one was when he stuck with Joe Worrell yeah. after his kind of stop start performance at Livingston on Sunday Nikola Katic for me has been the best defensive signing of the summer for yeah. Gerrard and looks out of even including Connor Goldson possibly the most accomplished centre half they have and yet he still finds himself on the bench was that a surprise to you? It was I must admit um, I mean we, we were at the, the game last night and after it you see the players coming through the, the mix zone and uh, Nico Katic came through and no, he didn't look happy for a mm. guy that's no, his, his team's just won a, a Europa League game but who can blame him because you're right I mean the guy no, a young guy coming over for Croatia, nobody really heard of him. Strikes up this partnership with Goldson from the off. Was outstanding in the Euro qualifying games, Europa qualifying games. Um, I mean, he hasn't put a foot wrong. It's not. No, listen, the Motherwell away game at First Park, Rangers were poor defensively. Um, but that's been the only kind of blot in his, his copybook so far. And Steven Gerrard clearly really likes Joe Warrow as a player. I've been at a couple of press conferences now, one with Joe Warrow and Steven Gerrard together. Clearly, listening to Gerrard, he rates Warrow highly. He chased him for a long time in the summer. He spoke about not giving up on him when he thought that the that loan deal wasn't going to wasn't going to happen. So he's English, he's come through the ranks uh, through the English youth setup, so Gerrard knows about him. He's spoken to people about him. He's clearly a big fan. However, as you say, I thought after Livingston on Sunday where no, every Rangers player was poor, but, but Warrow had, had a poor game himself and I thought he'll definitely bring Katic back for the for the yeah. European game. Um, so I was surprised, but I must admit, as well as it no, maybe been Rangers' best performance so far, that was certainly Joe Warrell's best performance that, so far. That, yeah, yeah. Um, he never really put a foot wrong. He did a couple of really good interceptions as well, and yeah. they looked like they were going to and, break. And away. even late on, I mean, Rapid didn't have a lot of pressure, but at two one, when they did start to launch a few balls into the box, no, Warrell was invariably getting his getting his head on them. Um, and as I say, I thought when Rangers pushed pushed up the park a bit in the second half, him and Goldson became really dominant uh, and weren't letting anything anything in behind them. So, 
it leaves Steven Gerrard with you know, a big headache, a good headache to have because Katic clearly isn't happy uh, and Norrie should be about being, being left out through, through no fault of his own. He's got Joe Warrell has just put in his best performance. I think Goldson has probably been the standout uh, kind of central defender in terms of just his consistency and that kind of... You can see, even watching games, you know, you can see his kind of leadership qualities. Yeah, and that. I seems I to be the number one. Yeah, I don't think he'll come out of the team too often. But even in the stands, in the stands last night behind us in the press box, some of the injured boys were there and... Uh, Gareth McCauley was sitting there as as well, who's who's getting close to to fitness. So he's got a no, he's he's got, he's got a great array of, a centre backs there to, to choose from. And centre even getting into Sunday's game, I think this is the big question now in terms of trying to balance the Europa League and the the domestic scene because do do or does Steven Gerrard just stay with the same eleven? That beat Rapid were so impressive in that second half. Try to build a bit of momentum again. You no, know, get that consistency. Just pick the same team. Or does he look at it and think, right? I need, to, I need to conserve energy here. I need to rest, rest legs. I've got Katic who's fresh. I've got Barisic who's fresh. Andy Halliday fresh. So does he change it up a bit for Hearts? But no, this is a massive, massive game on Sunday. That Rangers really can't afford to drop any points on. I will come on to that one a bit later, but as you say, that is the ultimate dilemma for all managers, isn't it? I mean, Gerard's put himself in that position by having a very good summer of recruitment. Yeah. Just finally on Worrell, I mean, I suppose his <coughs> bringing Worrell and John Flanagan back into the bat line meant that a purely English bat line, maybe for um, um, talking reasons or yeah, for whatever reason, that that might have played a part. There are some suggestions, some Rangers fans wondering if similar to Ryan Kent at Bristol City last year, if there's maybe a appearance agreement with uh, Nottingham Forest over Joe Worrell. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is the honest the honest answer? Um, I'd be surprised. I must admit, for a young centre back who was out the picture at Nottingham Forest, coming up here to a no, a big club um, with Steven Gerrard as manager. Gerrard doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would be, no, that would like those kind of agreements where he felt under pressure to go and, to go and play guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be surprised if that was the case. You never know, but as I say, I would be surprised. I do agree with you slightly, though, on the, that, that kind of British back five, if you like, between Alan McGregor and the back four. I, th- I think... That's something that Steven Gerrard will quite like and might have been in his mind coming up to Rangers that <clears throat> maybe looking at Rangers in the last couple of years, he's maybe thought, no, they need to get back to a kind of solid British base, particularly defensively. Yeah. Um, and certainly last night's performance would, would have only you know, kind of strengthened that that belief because um, they did they did look very solid and it's going to be hard now as I say it's, it's tough on Katic but it might be hard for him to get to get back in yeah it's going to have dilemmas all over the park because <coughs> Ryan Jack was very close to, to, to returning to the squad yep. last night he didn't quite make it but always feel Rangers look a wee bit better balanced in the middle of the park with Jack there and it might allow Lasana Koulibaly to make more of those Bursting runs into the opposite yeah. box. It's so good that I, I agree with you actually, um, and it's not a it's not a slight on Koulibaly, but watching him last night, 
he's clearly got the he's got the energy and he's got the tenacity, you know, and the tackling ability and that to play as that sitter. Right, I'm I'm not disputing that. Where I think he slightly lacks though is just a bit of composure, um, passing ability. I think Ryan Jack's probably better. Mm-hmm. I think Koulibaly maybe just lacks that kind of, as I say, that discipline or composure to sit in front of the back four and actually dictate a game, dictate the tempo of a game, control the game um, at, at certain points. Um, but similarly, what Scott Brown does for Celtic yeah. when he's when he's at his best. Um, I think Koulibaly's a terrific player, but I agree with you. It might be the case that Koulibaly is better, you know, one forward playing in that advanced. Obviously, Gerard plays with kind of two advanced midfielders. Maybe Koulibaly would be better in one of those positions with, with Ryan Jack behind him. I'm not sure. That's just that's just my opinion in terms of him as that anchorman and uh, that anchorman role. It, it worked really well last night, but in terms of actually getting proper control of a game, Ryan Jack might be a better a better option when he's when he's fully fit. So <clears throat> you're right, that's another dilemma when Jack gets fit. And in terms of the, the strength and depth that Rangers have got now, now you're you're looking at the likes of Graham Dorans and uh, uh Jordan Rossiter, for instance, who are now fit, were in the match squad last night but didn't even make the make the eighteen. That's how that's how strong this squad's looking for Gerard now. Yeah, and these guys you mentioned, they're all Rangers players rather than low knees, you know. Yeah. There's an argument, I remember Aberdeen fans last year, I think it was the semi-final against Motherwell, complaining that they started with four low knees, and we all know what happened to that yeah. happened in the semi-final, and suggestions, accusations that the lone players weren't quite hurting as much as yeah. the Kenny McLean's and them that were, that were in there. Well, Kenny McLean was a lone player by that point, of course, but yep. your Graham Shinnies and those players that were stood in the stands. Rangers started with four low knees last night. Not a problem when you got Steven Gerrard in charge, I suppose, but where do you stand in the argument that if you've got a lone player or an equally adept signed player? Listen, you just need to pick the team. You need to pick the best team that you think is going to win that, that game, and that'll be the only thing that Gerrard's worried about. Um I understand that, yeah, I mean, you're back to the Katic thing, you know, you're playing Joe Warrell, uh, if you're going to go with Joe Warrell, no, Katic is assigned, he, he paid, I think they paid like one and a half million for, for Katic in the summer, whereas Warrell is quite open about the fact that, you no, know, he'll probably go back to Nottingham Forest. So developing uh, some other clubs. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, Nottingham Forest managerial situa- situations, obviously, is renowned for being a bit precarious, and, and if Karanka struggles at Forest this season. Um you know, Joe Warrell might find he's got a new manager to go back to, to next summer and he's a you no know, I think he's a Nottingham boy, he's a Forest fan, so you no know, despite or uh, no matter what he does at Rangers, he might be looking at getting back to the to the championship next season. Who yeah. knows? But um no in terms of picking a team, I just think Gerard will look at each individual game and think, right, who you know, what's the best team I can I can pick here to get to get the result that we need. Yeah. Final word in Europe then. Um, two massive and potentially pivotal matches against Spartak coming up next. Yeah. Uh, just put you in the spot. Are you confident that Rangers could qualify from this I'm, I'm confident. I mean, the two performances and results, albeit, you could argue, a second half against Villarreal and a second half last night, uh, but it's got them four Terrific points. Um, Stephen Gerrard would have bit your hand off for that before the group stage began. And obviously Spartak are toiling a wee bit 
only one point for two games, so that becomes a massive game because if you beat no the Russians at Ibrox in, in three weeks, no, you're essentially putting them out of the putting them out of the picture and no, it would put Rangers in a brilliant position to go and qualify for the last thirty two. And we consider what we've spoke about before, you know, where this team's come from. You mentioned that Steven Gerrard almost a standing start in Europe. To qualify for the group stage after four qualifying rounds is an incredible achievement. But to actually be you no know, to to be put in that group, you no know, with big names in there, Spartak, Villarreal, you no, know, if they could get out of that and get into the last thirty two, it would be it would be remarkable. Um and then you no know, then probably questions will depending on how Rangers are getting on domestically. No, you then ask, is it is it becoming a distraction? Can they mm. can they juggle the, the the two of them? No, there's even now after a brilliant result like last night and that atmosphere and the performance. No, you get to you get to Sunday's game thinking they can't afford to drop any points because no, let's no kid them down that the most important thing for Rangers this year has to be the Scottish Premiership. It has to be. A, establish themselves in the league again as a you know, a real credible challenger at the top, you know, going for that, that title. And Stephen Gerrard's no daft. He knows that. He knows that has to be the priority. But when you get results like last night, performances like last night, you know, the goals in Villarreal, getting a point, it's difficult not to get carried away with the whole European bandwagon, especially, as I'm saying, if they can go and beat Spartak. They've got a real genuine chance of going to the knockout phase, which no one could have, could have predicted. So it's going to be really interesting just to see how Steven Gerrard manages both uh, both the domestic stuff and the European stuff yeah. as the as the weeks go on. I know. Let's not lose sight of European football being it's always a pinnacle for of the course, club, wasn't it? And it's those special nights like late last night. Yeah, you want to continue that as as long as you can and give it. For the fans more than anything. Oh, definitely. I mean, fact. Listen, the Rangers fans have, have craved nights like that for for five six years. You Not know, to get back to that that level. Probably some supporters out there thought they would never never get back to seeing that mm-hmm. that kind of or feeling that kind of atmosphere again. Um, so nobody, no, nobody would want to take it take it away from them. I'm just saying, if you're looking at it kind of pragmatically, no, that the. the the league has to be the has to be the bread and butter. They really need to make, you no, know, make a mark in the league and put up a challenge. And listen, that this squad and the team looks good enough. But obviously, because of their exertions in Europe, you no, know, it's been a tricky start to the to the league campaign for them. They're already, you no, know, a good few points behind Hearts. Obviously, no one, no one expected Hearts to go in this in this terrific run. But certainly, you wouldn't want to lose. Uh, too much more ground on anybody at yeah. the top of the league, especially when you know you've got another four four Europa group games coming up. Aye. Well, as you say, a big one coming up on Sunday. Now, Gerard said before y- yesterday's game, just in the build-up to it, that uh, he was reverting to the 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, whatever way you want to look at it, from the 4-4-2, because he was honest, he didn't think 4-4-2 was working with the squad of players he had at his disposal. Um, do you think we've seen the last of a, a two-pronged attack then, and, and, and who do you think will start against Hearts? To be honest, Fraser, I don't even, I don't know if it has been a two-pronged attack. The, the couple of games, I know a lot of people have said when Morelos and Lafferty started against Celtic away and Livy away, that it was kind of two up front. I don't, 
I don't know if that's the case. To me, Lafferty, even against Livy, did a lot of his work coming off the coming off the left, the left coming off the left side um, with Morelos through the middle. Um, and obviously Kent was in the Kent was in the bench against Livy and had to be brought on at half time because it was so the performance was so bad at that point. Um, I feel a bit for Kyle Lafferty. I mean, it, it sounds incredible after what Morelos did last night, but no, I feel slightly for Lafferty in that he'll he'll be desperate to get a run playing as that central striker. No, even if it is just up there on his own, the kind of the kind of thing Morelos is doing just now. I mean, I think he's only basically started there in one game since he came back to Rangers, and that was a Villarreal away game because Morelos was suspended, and obviously he scores a terrific goal in Spain to get them. No. Uh, to get them a point in the in the game, so he'll be feeling probably a wee bit a wee bit hard done by. I know it's I know it's still early days. He's not been back that long, but no, he scored nineteen goals for Hearts last season in the Premiership, and he scored goals for Rangers when he was here before. No, he's entitled to think I deserve a, a chance here to be the main to be the main man. It's yeah. difficult when Morelos is scoring and he's working his backside off and he's you know, he's winning penalties like last night. And he's been compared to Luis Suarez by teammates. Yeah, <laughs> I, that, that was interesting. Uh, so, I think I know what he meant by that aye. one. Uh, <laughs> he'll no he get too carried away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a pest. Aye. Aye. <laughs> um, so it's difficult for, for Lafferty. Um, so, no, to get back to your question, I don't think he'll go, certainly don't think he'll go two up front on, on Sunday. It'll be one... It'll be one striker, it'll be 4 3 3. So, does he stay with Morelos? No, he, he has done so far. To be fair, Morelos has played nearly every game this season. Uh, does he stick with him? Or, as I say, after the shift Morelos put in last night, does he change things around? Does he bring in fresh legs? Does he throw Kyle Lafferty in as the main striker against his old club, knowing how desperate Lafferty will be to score against Hearts? He's a big game oh, player. He certainly he, is. He can say a lot of things about Lafferty, but he scores goals in big games yeah. when he plays as that central central striker. And Hearts and Craig Levine will know that better than better than anyone. So again, a lot of decisions for, for Gerard to make, but they'll be the kind of decisions that he wanted to have at the at the start of the season where yeah. he literally doesn't know he's got guys champing at the back to get into that to get into that team. And not just guys who's thrown in and, and not quite sure what he'll get from them. No, seasoned internationals like Lafferty, who he knows he can put in there and do a, and do a job for him. Yeah. So. I think, uh, other than that dilemma up top, I'd be quite surprised if he didn't stick with the, the, the three coming out, the three attacking from midfield. Um, Ryan Kent's one I really think is coming on to a game right now. Um, the games I've seen after sort of inconsistent or sticky start for him when he moved up. Likewise, over Algeria, I thought, as you've already covered the second half, I thought the two of them were excellent yeah. last night. Do you think we're now starting to see Ryan Kent in particular at his best? I do. I mean, I, I agree with you, no, and I'll hold my hands up, but when he first came in at Rangers, the first few games, I thought, you know, just a bit flaky, mm. uh, a bit kind of hot and cold, for a, as you often find with, with wide men. Um, he's not that young anymore. I know he's, I think he's still 22, but... No, he's, you would want him to start kind of ironing out that those kind of inconsistencies, um, and I think he's starting to do that now. He looks like a guy now 
who just needed someone to give him a run a game, someone to put real faith in him. Mm. Um, and I think I said on here last week, he's now, well, his performances have been so good that he, he actually now looks like one of the real key players in this Rangers team. You wouldn't, for big games, you wouldn't leave him out. Yeah. Um, no, Kandias on the other side, you would maybe, no, you'd maybe leave out, no, for a couple of games if you want to give him a rest or whatever. But I, no, the way Ryan Kent is playing at the moment, I don't think Rangers can afford to to leave him out as they did at Livingston. And Gerrard almost had to to hold his hands up at half time and say, "I've made a mistake here because it was an absolute no brainer that he had to get Kent on at half time to try and create something at Livy because it just wasn't it wasn't happening for them." So. I think he's becoming a big a big player. He's becoming more consistent. He looks more at home um, in this Rangers team and even at that level last night in the, the Europa. And looking at the Hearts game on Sunday, he'll be one of the... Steven Gerrard might surprise me here, but I think Ryan Kent will be one of the first names in his, his team sheet. Yeah, certainly. I wonder if it's time for guys like Kent to, to, to get away from Liverpool if he needs to get away from Liverpool has been oh, there definitely. Now. and if so next summer whether Rangers would have much of a chance of actually signing the player I think Gerrard's already spoke about it we, we had it in the Sunday Mail uh, last week you know, some Stephen Gerrard quotes basically saying that even in January he'll, he'll kind of put wheels in motion and set the ball rolling in terms of trying to get loan players uh tied up on, yeah. on permanent deals the three that he mentioned were Ken Ejaria and, and Koulibaly um, now of the three of those Ejaria might be the most difficult to get because he's younger he just signed a long term deal at Liverpool before he before he came to Rangers on so loan did, yeah. so th- that that might be one that's more difficult and to me that would be one that, as long as Ejaria's happy and Liverpool's happy that might be another year's loan next year so he's here for another season you see how he develops Kent's slightly different in the sense that he's already he's already had his loan moves I mean he's already been abroad he played in Germany he played at Coventry Bristol City he's already kind of been around without being unkind to him he's not going to get a game in Liverpool's first team yeah. no, that, that's that ship sailed yeah that, that's not going to happen so it's about him Finding the best club for him in terms of his career development, and it's for Liverpool to you know to try and get the right uh, the right kind of deal. Although I think again, people might correct me. I think his contract's up at the end of the season mm-hmm. at Liverpool. So he, so in January, he's one that Rangers could potentially go in and get in a in a pre contract. And certainly, the way it's gone just now, Kent looks happy. Gerrard's clearly happy with his with his contribution. He's taken to Scottish football pretty quickly, as I say. He's now a big player at Rangers. He's, he's had a really good impact, so that would probably be the easiest deal to yeah. get done, I think. And I would certainly expect to see to see Ryan Kent still at Rangers next season. Ah, that's been to excite Rangers fans, and I, th- I certainly think going by his comments after the game last night when he was blown away by the atmosphere. I think yeah. if it had been January and they had a form there, and then they slapped it down, they signed it. Adrenaline was certainly flowing, but I all positive. So to to come to the Hearts game on on Sunday, this is massive, isn't it? The yeah. Scottish Premiership so far this season has been fantastic. I know. But what a spectacle! And uh, the huge games just keep coming. So there's an eight point gap already between Rangers and Hearts. There is this a must win already? I know you've you've touched on it. Is it a must just, win? Just about Fraser. I mean. It's a proverbial six pointer, even this early in the season. I mean, for Hearts to win at Ibrox and go 11 points clear, 
even though, as I say, we're still in the early part of the of the campaign, it would be a huge statement from them and a huge gap for Rangers to try and to try and claw back. And people will say, well, it's only hearts, no, the wheels will come off, they'll hit a rough patch. No, they will, but so far Rangers going away from home have hit rough patches. So you can't say with any certainty that yeah, hearts will lose games and Rangers will just will steamroll everybody that there's no evidence to suggest that's going to happen. So Rangers need to keep within touching distance the Hearts and Celtic and Aberdeen and Hibs for that matter. Um, if Hearts were to go 11 clear, I think that's a that, that would be a, a massive statement for them uh, and difficult even at this point to try and to try and claw back. The flip side is, and this is why we say it's a, a six-pointer, if Rangers go and beat Hearts, it's then five points you've kind of took the wind out of, out of heart sales, you think, right, well, they might struggle. They're coming into a, uh, an incredible run of games in the next uh, the next five weeks where they face Celtic twice, Rangers on Sunday, obviously, um, Hibs and Aberdeen. So, I mean, an unbelievable run of fixtures for Hearts. And that when they emerge from that, we'll really know whether they're, they're serious, serious challengers at the top of the, at the, top of the league. Yeah. Um, but for Rangers... Stephen Gerrard will know how how big a game this is. They've been excellent at home so far, uh, both in Europe and domestically, albeit again, it's been against St Mirren, St Johnson and, and Dundee. Um, domestically, this will be their biggest test so far at Ibrooks. Yeah. Um, Hearts will go there really confident. You know what Craig Levine's like. He'll have worked all week on a game plan to go there and try and get something, even if it is to to stifle Rangers and frustrate them and maybe go out of Glasgow with a, with a point, which would be a great result for yeah. Hearts. Um, so, must win for Rangers. Yeah, just about. I mean, they, 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 need, they need to take three points on Sunday. If Stephen Gerrard had a summer overhaul at Ibrox and Levine went a step further, I, mean, <laughs> I lost count, I think 17 maybe was it? Some, the I, I think I was at fif- 15. 15 or maybe 15, I'm exaggerating, like, that uh, wouldn't be like me. But <laughs> but listen, other, uh, to be fair, it, it was a really good summer for him, wasn't it? Just love to look at the league for that, but yeah. three that have caught my eye, Peter Haring, Ollie Lee, and obviously Stephen Naismith getting him back up, up north yeah. on loan again. It's been similar to Stephen Gerrard at Rangers in terms of the amount of players that he's brought in and how quickly the majority of them have, have hit the ground running, which is, is no mean feat. No Clubs have tried it in the past, having this kind of mass overhaul and it takes a lot of time to gel and get them going and to get a rhythm going uh, and a style of play. But Rangers and Hearts, you have to say, have, have managed it in the summer. The new boys have come in uh, and have looked really good. I agree with you. I mean, you've picked out three there. Certainly no arguments with them. Haring uh, has been a revelation in central midfield for a for a guy who was a centre-back, I think, at an Austrian second division club, uh, or a low-league Austrian club. Um, I, think, I think Craig Levine said the other day, it was in a, I think there must have been a Betfred Cup game against Wraith Rovers. It was certainly a game against Wraith Rovers where he was forced to put him into midfield, and he's literally been there ever since. Ever since um, yeah. The games that I've I've watched Hearts, he, he's been a standout for them. Really dominant, 
no real physicality about him in the middle of the park. Likes to control the game, <clears throat> and he's been excellent. Uh, Ollie Lee, I must admit, I'm not surprised when Hart signed him. I thought he would be a, I thought he was tailor made for Scottish football uh, without sounding like a, a bit of a saddle. No, I try and watch even like lower league English football when it's on. Whether so it's that's the market, isn't it, for a, a lot of games? Clubs. Yep, right. and and Ollie Lee was one at Luton who always stuck out uh, as a a really good box to box midfielder, almost a kind of old school box to box midfielder who can play in a a two man midfield <coughs> and not get over <coughs> not get over ran in there. Uh, and has and he's and he's also worth a goal or two as he was at Luton, and he's proven it again at Hearts. Aye, aye. And him and him and Haring have been a terrific partnership. Um, Naismith, obviously, I don't think there's any surprises there about the job he's doing. Uh, the other the other two I would probably pick out for Hearts is Ick Piazzo up front, who I know is a doubt for Sunday, an injury doubt. Craig Levine's trying to get him, trying to get him fit, but for a guy coming for Cambridge, no, at that level. He's looked terrific uh, in terms of being that target man, you know, where the ball sticks, gets hearts up the pitch. You get guys round him in support, particularly Naismith, which I think if Vic Piazzo's fit, that's what Levino go with on Sunday. You no, know, him up top with Naismith, Naismith just off. Um, he's been excellent for them. And the other one is uh, the boy Mitchell for, for Man United, who I know they had last season. Um, but I, mean, I, I watched Mitchell... In some of Man United's pre-season games over in America, and he didn't look at a place in that Man U team, yeah. al- albeit in pre-season. So I think to get him back was a bit of a coup for them. Certainly and, was, yeah. and the games that I've seen, I mean, the 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 guy Ben Garuccio had looked really good at left back or left wing back, but Mitchell has come in and and kind of made that made that position his own, and he'll be in terms of Rangers. He'll be a big threat. It'll be interesting to see how Hearts go on Sunday. I've been at, or I've seen the last couple of games, and it's been a pretty straightforward four-four-two for them at home. It was at the game last week against St. Johnson. That's the way they lined up. Stephen Naismith playing just off Steve McLean. Um, I'm interested to see whether Levine will shore it up a bit on Sunday and might even go to a back three. Um, just to get more, just to get someone else into that midfield. No, even if it's a creative guy like Jim getting in beside Haring and Lee, using the two wing backs and then playing playing Naismith off a uh, off a Piazzo or McLean. Obviously, that would mean leaving out probably the young boy Morrison, who's come in and did has been brilliant for mm-hmm. them, playing as uh, as a kind of out and out right right winger. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they leave him out. Put an extra centre back in there and go with a go with a three five two as I say with Nate Smith playing just off, um, but we'll need to, we'll need to wait and see. Aye, it's certainly all shaping up to be a Naismith versus Lafferty battle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to see who yep. emerges. On on your point there, then let, let's uh, deviate slightly. You, you say you're a connoisseur of the lower leagues down in England. I, I like to watch the football league show myself on yep. a Saturday night. Give us one name that you reckon, if you were the manager of a, a Scottish club out with perhaps a big two in Glasgow, one guy that, sta- that stands out for oh, you. Oh, you're putting me in the spot. The one, the one guy that I, you know, through watching the kind of lower league stuff and the highlights, the guy that stuck out was a guy at Cheltenham, Mohamed Isa. 
right, uh, yeah. who Cheltenham took for for a lower league, a non-league club in England. A uh, young guy um, who came into Cheltenham's team. At, no, I think he must have only paid like fifty grand or something for him, but. He was terrific for them last season, and throughout last season, I was thinking to myself, "Is a Scottish club going to going to come in for this guy? Going to take take a chance on him because he was scoring loads of goals at League Two." As I say, he was young enough. Um, in terms of his background, coming from non-league, you, know, you get a lot of players who just kind of slip through the net, as you know, and, and end up playing non-league, but they just need a need an opportunity. Um, mm. And I'm not saying one of the big Scottish clubs would have went for him. Uh, but I expected some kind of interest for Scotland. But sure enough, in the summer, I think he had uh, Sunderland and Bristol City battling out for him, and he eventually went to Bristol City. Mm-hmm. But it's been tough for him uh, to make an impact. Going for League Two to Championships, a big, a big jump. Um, but I'm sure, f- from what I've seen of him, I'm sure he will do well there. And no, it just goes to show that there is there is guys. I mean, Bristol. I can't remember what Bristol City paid for him, but it was like over a million, over a million quid, I think. So there are guys down in those in those lower leagues. We've spoken about Ike Piazzo, um, Ollie Lee, even Peter Haring. If you're going to look at uh, lower leagues abroad, there are players out there who can who can really make an impact yeah. in in Scotland. It's just about finding these finding these gems. And to yeah. be fair to Craig Levine. He's, he, he did that last summer because there's, there's four or five of them there that have, that have hit the ground running. Certainly. The one that always stands out for me, and, and he's proven himself in Scotland before, and he, every week I'm impressed by him, is a big Lyle Taylor down at Wimbledon. Yep. If he's no scoring, he's creating. Yep. It's just a, a real all-action striker. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you do wonder why, as I say, maybe not one of the top clubs, but you're right, he's... Taylor's pretty much scored goals wherever he's been, yeah. so you would, you'd have thought, no, like like your, no, your St Johnsons, your St Mirrens, your Dundees, you'd have thought would have been, would have been looking at, looking at guys like that. Yeah. But but listen, the, the the thing is that we've not mentioned is, it can be difficult to get these guys with the wages involved because even down at League One in England, no, paying players big big money down there, uh, and could the be three times, yeah, it, as much as maybe, what your yeah, St Johnsons. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we spoke to Ollie Lee the other day. Uh, about coming to Hearts and no, it was a no-brainer for him coming for League One in England to the Scottish Premiership. But but no, a lot of players think that way. You get you get Scottish players going the opposite mm-hmm. way, thinking oh, League One's even better than the, the Scottish Premiership. So it can be hard. The, the money down there does make it difficult. But I still believe there are there are gems down there if ah. you can find them. But but you need to have the you need to have the scouts in place. You need to have the recruitment, uh, the recruitment right at the club. I think Hearts have got that now. Uh, obviously, Craig Levine's been been director of football there uh, for the last couple of seasons, as well as taking on the the manager's role. So they seem to have got it spot on, and you can't argue with the, with the signings I've made. Right, we better wrap this up. I think you've got a job to get on, yep. Scotty. Um, let's just put you in the spot then. I had a Sunday, as we say, match of the weekend, without shadow of a doubt. Rangers, Hearts, league leaders, eight points clear of Rangers already. Who's going to win this one? Um, really tight game, I think. I don't see Hearts winning it. Uh, would it surprise me if they get a point? No, but I think overall, purely with the the momentum that Rangers would get from, from last night's game, the confidence that would have gave them, 
I think Rangers can Rangers can sneak it two one two one Rangers on Sunday. I think. Yeah, I'll go along with that. I think Ibrox could be the the, the tailing factor. Um, possibly 2-0 I yeah. think but uh, it's certainly going to be one worth watching okay, folk, okay dope folks that's all from us thanks very much to Scott once again for coming on if you want to continue the debate you can find us on Twitter at record underscore sport and on Facebook as well we'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there too thank you very much for listening Let your body use your mind, use your mind, let your mind